Securities and Exchange Commission Chair Mary Jo White is the first major Obama administration appointee to announce she's stepping down following the election of Donald Trump. White oversaw a record number of enforcement actions and penalties, yet her four-year tenure was also marked by controversy and criticism from liberal senators such as Senator Elizabeth Warren for being too moderate. White testified before the House Financial Services Committee today and said she was proud of the SEC's accomplishments since she became chair. We've achieved record numbers of enforcement actions and examinations each year. We've completed dozens of transformative rulemakings, including fundamental reforms to money market funds, credit rating agencies, and the securitization uh, markets. We've built important new regulatory regimes for capital raising, uh, critical market infrastructure, and municipal advisors. What will Trump's election mean for the SEC? During his campaign, he pledged to dismantle the Dodd-Frank Act, which has dominated the SEC's work. My guests are two prominent experts in the securities law area, Professor James Cox of Duke Law School and Professor John Coffey of Columbia Law School. I'd like you both to rate White's performance as SEC chair. Jim, you start. Oh, <laughs> Well, I, I think it's a it's it's something of a mixed bag. I, I, I give her high marks on everything that you just got through quoting on, on the radio. That is, introducing changes to money market funds uh, was, was a big one. Uh, addressing addressing problems that were carried forward by Dodd Frank. They had to write a lot of rules. Uh, that, that act came in uh, uh, in 2010, as we all know, had a long written list of requirements for rules to be written. And they, and they were rules that were largely, uh, many of them were outside the traditional bailiwick of securities regulations, so median pay disclosures, for example. Um, and so um, uh, so she, her, she marshaled a task. So I give her a lot of, of, of credit for going forward on, on, on those. The place where I would give her sort of weak marks is I don't think that she has been a strong supporter of uh, making the accounting industry responsible, and that shows up in a lot of different ways. They had lukewarm to no support for a lot of the initiatives of the public company accounting oversight board, such as expanding the what goes into the audit reporting letter, uh, naming the accountant, and most glaringly uh, let the reappointment of the chair, who was a very effective chair of the PCAOB, linger for literally many, many, many months, and uh, backdoor signaling that uh, she would prefer not to have him reappointed, although he was. So it's something of a mixed bag, but on the whole, I think she discharged things well. I, I wouldn't get too caught up, uh, and final point here, in how many uh, prosecutions uh, the SEC carries out. I, I think those numbers can be easily inflated, and I also think probably it doesn't penetrate the quality of the prosecutions and, and, and what was extracted from. So it's, it's, it's on, uneven, but I would say uh, on the plus side, but not by a wide margin. All right, John, are you are you in line with those grades or higher or lower? Well, I think I'm similar. I have to start out by saying no SEC chairman has ever worked harder. She is a workaholic. She works around the clock. She tried to navigate some impossible political tensions because she's caught between some pretty ideological people on the right who are Republicans and some Democrats who are 
aligned with and somewhat similar to Elizabeth Warren, and that's hard to compromise between those positions. Now, in terms of what was new in her administration, the SEC had to begin to come to grips with systemic risk. That was never their function in the past, and I think they have done a B-level performance. There aren't really strong positions, even on mutual funds. More could have been done. Now, she's a former prosecutor, and as a former prosecutor, it's no surprise that she brought a lot of enforcement actions, a record in the last fiscal year, 548. But she introduced a policy called broken windows, which says that the SEC will bring even minor technical actions in order to create a culture of law compliance. Whether that broken windows policy really works with respect to Wall Street or whether you should instead focus on the major firms that have real clout, that can be debated. And I think a lot of these smaller actions for late filing are fairly technical and the equivalent of footfalls in tennis. Uh, So I don't know that she's had the really important enforcement cases. She's had one or two, and I don't know that uh, in the area of systemic risk, she really put in place a system that was fully and full and complete, although, frankly, it's likely to be greatly downsized and even gutted in the upcoming Trump administration. Well, that was my next question, Jim. Is Trump's election a game-changer for the SEC? He's promised to dismantle Dodd-Frank, but beyond that, what can we expect? Well, I think they could they're going to have their plate very full with an initiative that uh, Chairman White uh, started, and that is uh, rethinking all the disclosure guidelines that apply to proxy statements, public offerings of securities, uh, uh, and annual reports and quarterly reports. Uh, That is ongoing. They're getting uh, lots and lots of feedback on the question of is there too much disclosure? What kind of disclosure should we have? And the important question is can we start scaling disclosure so that smaller companies have lighter burdens than larger companies and those can be justified? That is a process that's going to consume an awful lot of activity. Uh, the other, the other area where I think that you're likely to see pushback and changes will be, uh, you know, going back and reexamining the various rules we're put in uh, for uh, uh, broker dealers. Uh, that is, we have yet to see whether the SEC will adopt the. A benefit of the investor standard that the uh, Department of Labor has developed as a fiduciary obligation uh, that applies to broker-dealers. We do have the labor rule that applies with retire- respect to retirement funds. My guess is that there's going to be a total wholesale reexamination of that rule, which has been very much opposed by the brokerage industry. And so it's going to be the result that that provision, which is actually mandated by Dodd-Frank, will be one of the provisions to go. Um, and then uh, in the area of enforcement, my guess is that Republicans and Democrats are pretty have approached enforcement with a fair degree of equanimity, uh, um, um, and mainly because we find that it's not really big, big companies that uh, become under the gun of at least SEC uh, standard fraud actions, like I said earlier, totally avoided the very um, strong lobbying industry of the accounting industry. And so I don't think we're going to see much change there. So enforcement will be something out there. But I think that um, benign neglect in some areas and then um, using the initiative that was started by White to rethink and scale down substantially the disclosure burdens.
We're talking about SEC Commission Chair Mary Jo White stepping down after four years on the job. And I've been talking with Professor James Cox of Duke Law School and Professor John Coffey of Columbia Law School, both experts in the area. John, do you expect to see a significant rollback of White's aggressive regulation of Wall Street? Oh, definitely. But it won't all won't primarily be at the SEC. I think there are bodies like the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which was set up in, in the uh, shadow of Elizabeth Warren, who urged its creation, that will be basically sidelined and relegated to insignificance. I think also the Financial Stability Oversight Council is likely to become a much less powerful body and only a, an occasional lunch meeting group of all the financial regulators. At the SEC, well, we have to expect that the SEC is several months of complete chaos because of this early resignation by Mary Jo White as of the inauguration. The SEC will only have two remaining commissioners, one Republican, one Democratic. They don't agree on almost anything, and so the agency will be paralyzed. In due course, the president will appoint an SEC chairman and it will be confirmed, but that may take six months to even a year, and we're going to see an agency that isn't going to be able to do anything uh, in that interim period. Jim, is the SEC a relatively apolitical agency? Has it become, and has it become more political in recent years with Mary Jo White having to engage in a lot of you know, criticism from different senators and requests to step down? Well, I think a couple of things are going on there. Uh, chairman of various agencies uh, were always getting beat up on the Hill, uh, and it made good press. Uh, and so I don't think we would read much of that. The question is, do we see more divided votes and more outspoken uh, remarks from the minority party uh, who are commission who have commissions uh, who sit on the commission versus the majority. Now, as you're aware, there's five commissioners of the SEC, and party balancing in the statute requires that no more than three of them can be the same party. Now, in the old days, that is prior to 1994, uh, what would happen is much like what happened when Reagan was there. Once Reagan got his three Republican appointments, and then he had to figure out, well, i got a vacancy coming up. We're going to have to appoint a Democrat. Not so. Appoint a Libertarian. And so that's the Libertarian. It's not registered as a Republican. And so, therefore, you had the ability to go out and find individuals who are of the opposite party from the White House, but nevertheless shared many of the same pro- or non-regulatory views about regulation. In 1994, that all changed when the Republicans gained uh, uh, control of, of, of Congress, and a deal was struck. And so that now what happens is that at least two members of uh, the agency uh, commissioners will be appointed from the party that is not occupying the White House. And that's the deal. The result of that, result of that is it become a more fractious body. So it's not the fractions are not to be seen necessarily in uh, the Congress, because we've always found congressmen, uh, you know, running toward the podium to try and get the headline news reports beating up on, on an administrative head. But the real fraction is happening in the three to two votes uh, that are going on among the commissioners. Uh, so that, that, that's a distinct problem. And uh, at the same time, we also have found in the last 20, 25 years, many more of the division heads come from outside the agencies. Otherwise, 
in the grand days of the SEC, you promoted from within to a division head individuals who came out of the regulatory culture of the SEC. Now we find individuals who are going uh, uh, coming from the outside, heading up enforcement, uh, uh, trading in markets, investment management, these various divisions, and they bring uh, uh, the perspective they have from counseling very the regulated. So that that's my read on the political structure of the SEC these days. I want to thank both of you for being on Bloomberg Law. It's always great to have you both on. That's Professor James Cox of Duke Law School and Professor John Coffey of Columbia Law School. Mary Jo White has not said what her next move will be, but she has said in the past that her dream job would be to be the first female baseball commissioner. So we will see where she goes after the SEC. Coming up on Bloomberg Law, we're going to be talking about Chrysler, the first U.S. car maker to be sued over fraudulent engine claims. Dodge truck owners say they were rigged to hide the emissions that were as much as 14 times higher than allowed by law, an echo of the VW situation that we have seen evolving. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg.